So in Matthew 28, chapter 28, uh, the last few verses from 19 to 20, Jesus gave the, the first disciples of the church, he gave them the Great Commission. And most of you know it or you have heard it at some point or the other, where he says to go ye therefore into all the nations, teaching and baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And he said something very important that we need to hold on to today in verse 20. He says, and I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Have you ever wondered if Jesus is with you right now as you're going through life? How is it that Jesus could say to his disciples, I will be with you always to the end of the age when Jesus ascended back to the heavenly realm 50 days after Easter? How is that possible? He, it is possible, and I'm here to tell you this without a shadow of a doubt, that Jesus is with you right now. And he is with you right now through the person of the Holy Spirit. We often say in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, the Godhead. We hear the language three in one. We don't understand what that means. We don't even understand how can Jesus be present with us right now. Our human mind tells us that we know certain things about our biological makeup. We know certain things about our personality. We know certain things about the fact that the scripture says the breath of God is within us. But how do we make sense of the fact that Jesus, the risen Lord, is truly living within us? We, we heard now said to the children that Jesus lives within us. The, the scriptures affirm that. How do we understand this? Well, we have to look at what God is doing, what God has done, what God will continue to do. And Jesus is with us by the person of the Holy Spirit. Not an it, not a thing, not something, a figment of our imagination. Jesus is with us by the person and power of the Holy Spirit. Even if we do not fully comprehend it, we are called to accept it by faith. And then when we accept it by faith and we believe it, because, you know, oftentimes I say to God, God, I don't know, but I am so thankful that you know. You know, even leading the church here at St. Matthew's, there are many times I am not sure when I see things and I don't see things, and all I can say to God is that I believe you are present. I believe you are working in me and you're working through your people. I also know that it takes time for us to come to that understanding and to that unity that only the Spirit of God, Jesus, can bring forth in us. I know that God knows us and I know that God knows that we are flesh and we are imperfect beings. And I know that he who lives within us is greater 
than he who lives in the world, which is the spirit of the enemy that seeks to keep God's people from coming into fullness and understanding of the greatest thing that God has done for humanity, which is to give us his son and then to give us his spirit. So we hear in Acts chapter 2, the beginning of the church, the birth of the church, we hear that the Spirit came because prior to that, if you were to read the chapter before that, you would hear that when Jesus ascended, he told his disciples to go back to the room, the upper room, and wait until he sends the helper for them. Because Jesus knew and Jesus knows today that we cannot live this Christian life. We cannot live it fully apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. Or we can do a lot of our human, you know, intellectualizing and we can do a lot of our human reasoning and we can even read the scriptures and we can even say we understand it, but unless the Holy Spirit gives us the divine wisdom that we need to understand things difficult, the things that we certainly have a hard time struggling with, uh, we will not be able to live the life the way God has called us to. So in chapter 2, Jesus is gone back to the heavenly realm and Jesus has fulfilled his promise to his disciples as he will fulfill every promise in his word. He sent the Holy Spirit. And, and we heard, you know, as Beth read from that chapter, we heard that there were strange things that happened you know, with the disciples and with all the people who came from all around the Roman Empire, devout Jews, as the scripture says, they came to celebrate Passover. But God did something great on that day. It was a, it was a Passover celebration like none other. The Holy Spirit appeared. And the best way that Luke the writer of Acts can explain it to us is that it sounds like this great rushing wind. You know, it seemed like there were tongues of fire. It seems that people who, you know, couldn't speak other languages, they were suddenly able to speak in other languages so people could understand what God wants them to understand. My God. And then, in the midst of all of that, in the crowd, there were still those who questioned, those who doubt, those who wondered if those people were filled, you know, with something other than the Holy Spirit, if they were filled with the, you know, the earthly spirit that can get you drunk at times. But God will speak and God will defend God's action. And God says no through the Apostle Peter. They are not drunk with wine. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. Spirit. But you know, if we read those texts and if we read those verses and if we only leave all of those truths on the page and we don't allow them to come into our lives and if we don't give the Spirit within us access, then things will stay one way. We will not experience the fullness of of God's presence in us, and then we will not fulfill the work and the mission that God has called us to, to go into and to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. 
We will be struggling to figure out what's happening in the midst of our community. But God is faithful, and God will never let us go. Even when we are not sure about how we are supposed to do it, God is always working. We hear it in Philip's questions to Jesus, because Jesus told them, you know, before that he was getting ready to go back to the place that he came from. And and the disciples had a hard time understanding that, so Philip was brave enough to ask Jesus, you know, the questions. Asking questions are important, but more important is the sources of the response that you're listening to. Who is speaking in the response you have to listen to? So Jesus, Jesus says, you know, after all this time I have been with you, Philip, and you still don't know who the Father is, and you still don't know where I'm going? And Jesus lovingly and gracefully helped him to understand that. He said, I am going to the place, because he had told them before, you know, in, in 14.6, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus spent three years with them telling them that, you know, he and the Father are one. And if they see Jesus and they see the works that Jesus did, then they are seeing God. But, you know, our human minds sometimes struggle to grasp this God. This God who can be so vast, but this God who can be so small. This God who is, you know, the creator of the universe and this God who comes and lives within us because he loves us so much, because he wants us to be in relationship with him, because he wants us to know that he has already prepared that place for us to live eternally. And he wants us to know that there is a way that we have to live in this relationship with him on this earth, not by our imagination, not by our own reasoning, but by the divine wisdom of God. So Jesus helped him to understand that. So my question for us today is, uh, do you believe that Jesus really lives within you? Do you believe that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are one? Do you believe that Jesus is continuing his work of glorifying God and offering salvation to all of humanity still on this earth in the 21st century, and he's calling you as the believer to be a part in that work. Do you believe it? And even if you don't, even if you're not sure, I'm here to tell you, if your desire is to know, the Spirit will bring it forward. Oh, the Holy Spirit does great and magnificent things in us. You know what happens when we get into a pickle with life sometimes, and it seems like we have tried everything that we could do, and then things are not working well. Then we will come to God. God, if you are hearing me, God, please uh, intervene in this situation. And then we even go so far to promise, God, if you help me through this situation, God, I will do so and so and so and so. And we mean it at the time that we say it. You know, and we think that God forgets it. I often tell part of my story when I tell them, I said, you know, God had to work with me in some places 
to get me to truly believe without a shadow of a doubt that God is present at work in me and in this world. So one of the things was in my prayer long before I even really came to understand, you know, that Jesus is truly real and he truly died for my sin. You know, and I was there and, and in my prevenient grace season, God was there with me. And I prayed this prayer saying to God, Jesus, I had a picture in my mind of footsteps, you know, footsteps in the sand. Some of you probably have that picture in your house. And I remember looking at that picture and I remember thinking, Jesus, I really want to live your word. And I really want to follow you as your word says. And I said, Jesus, but you know, I know I'm a sinner. I know I am not perfect, but I know you are perfect. And then I went on in this prayer saying, if you would allow me, Jesus, to walk in your footsteps. And I had that image of Jesus' footstep on the beach. And I said, if you would allow me to walk in your footsteps, Jesus, then I know I cannot go too far away from you to the right or to the left and I prayed that prayer like I do a whole lot of prayers and then I forgot about those prayers for a few years after and I was living life you know not always doing everything that I was supposed to do but you know I was living life but when the Holy Spirit took command you know because things were working in me one of the things I heard in my spirit, in my conscious thought was, do you remember when you prayed that prayer years ago? And naturally, God will ask you a question and he will bring the answer right back to you. So I said, sure, I remember that prayer. He says, well, you might have forgotten it for a few years. He says, but I didn't forget it. So now I want you to know it is me that's doing that work to answer that prayer in you. And here I am some years later. God does not miss a prayer that we utter unto God. God doesn't forget because we are God's children. We are God's ears. We have been adopted into the family of God. And God is gracious and merciful. So how is the Spirit helping us today? The Spirit is helping us, first and foremost, to know who we are. We are heirs with Christ Jesus, co-heirs with Christ Jesus. We are children of God by the faith in which we profess. The Spirit of God also does some other work. The Holy Spirit brings conviction to our spirits, to our mind, when we are outside of the truth of God's word and God's will. The Spirit will not let us rest until we come to understand and to see the application of God's promises in God's word, word working in our life. But the Spirit also do other things. The Spirit reminds us of all truth. That's what it said in John 14. When the advocate come, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, he will lead us. He will lead us into all truth about who we are, whose we are, and how we are to be in relationship with God and with others. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. You know, when we look at that original word for the Holy Spirit in Scripture, it's parakletos. And it means one who comes alongside us. It also means one who helps us to understand. 
But when we are hurting, when we are grieving, when we are not sure, and when we pray and ask God, when we are asking God, we are asking Jesus, we are asking the Holy Spirit, we are asking God, the Trinity, one. And the Holy Spirit comes in that season of our life and, and undergirds us and comforts us, number one, through others. But number two, the Spirit can comfort us uh, only by God's presence and God's work. Sometimes in the middle of the night when life is so tough and you can't see to see the light uh, and you are crying out in your soul to God or if the tears are running down, the Spirit will be there to do his work to say to you, I am right here with you. This too will pass. Uh, I will be your strength. Uh, I will lead you. I will guide you. I will instruct you in the way you shall go. Do you believe that the Holy Spirit God, Jesus, lives within you and his desire is to help you to live this Christian life. Because when you believe it, you go automatically when anything goes awry in your life to Jesus. You understand that there is a connection that has occurred between the heavenly realm and the earthly realm. So I will leave you with this example. There was this minister who was assigned on the mission field. And he was assigned to go and work among God's people and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he was living out in the rural areas, which means that he had to travel far and wide to get to the body of Christ. They were scattered all over the country areas. So the church decided that they were going to purchase a car, a used car, and they would give it to the minister to help the minister to save on his mileage and on his vehicle. So the, the minister would go out, you know, in the, in the field and he would do all these things, but there was a problem. The problem was that the car, you know, would not start the way it needed to start. So in the mornings when he had to go out to work, the minister would go next door to the school and he would invite children to come and to give him a push so that the car can start and he can go on his way. And during the day, he had to be mindful that he had to make sure he parked the car on a hill, you know, or he need to make sure that somebody was there to give him a push so that the car could get started to take him to where he needed to go. For years, the minister did this thing. But unfortunately, the minister was reassigned to a different assignment. So he, of course, left the car for the incoming minister. So the incoming minister came and he said, you know, the, the, the former pastor said, look, this car is here, but this is, these are all the things you need to do to get this car to work, to take you where you need to go. And this minister that came in was a younger minister. So he said, well, have you looked under the hood of the car? And the, 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 the older pastor said, no. So the younger pastor went and he lifted up the hood and he looked in the engine. And lo and behold, there was a cable that was disconnected. So the, the, the younger minister, he fiddled and pushed the cable in. And then they pressed the switch and lo and behold, the car started without any problem. This is what God is saying to us. We have a connection cable as Christians, and we need to use it every day. 
And that table is the Holy Spirit because when we are connected to the Spirit, then God can do great things within us. Jesus said to his disciples, he says, greater things than these you will do as my disciples. What can get greater than raising somebody from the dead? Think about that. So was he talking about raising people from the dead? No, he was talking about the fact that Jesus had a certain area that Jesus ministered in for three years. But Jesus had given the disciples the great commission to go into all the nations, to go into the entire Roman Empire and to share the gospel. So when he said to them, greater things than these, what he's saying is that they would carry the gospel throughout the world and they will minister in faithfulness in integrity of word and spirit. And you know what? They did that. And they are long gone, but they passed it on to others. And you know what? We are here today because somebody ministered that word. And we have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ because others ministered to us. Now we have the opportunity as long as we have breath. And if you're not sure you have breath, Blow it and feel it and know that that bread is not yours, it's God. And God sent his son and he went to the cross to die for us. And I know some of you think that I get a little bit passionate, but you know what? When I think about Jesus and when I think about what he has done for me, because I know my sins, y'all don't know all of my sins, y'all might know some of them. But when I think about how he went to that cross with me in mind and with everybody else in mind. And when I think about that, God raised him from the dead and gave him the opportunity to share with all of us, every human being upon this earth, that we are God's beloved. That gives me joy. That gives me this kind of fire that bubbles up way down inside of my soul. And I just can't keep quiet. I am from the Caribbean. And I have told people I am done trying to be what other people want me to be. I have told people that I am the child of God. You may be a quiet spoken person. I am a loud spoken person. So I am going. When that spirit get a hold of me like it is right now, I can go on for hours because I love my Lord that much. And I want people to know what he has done for me. I cannot witness for you. I can only witness for me. And as long as I have breath in my body and God has appointed me, not by so much by the bishop. Yes, the bishop signed the paper, but he has appointed me by his Holy Spirit to be among you at St. Matthew's because there is a purpose for us. And the purpose is just not to just be here and lovey-dovey with each other. The purpose is to take it out into the world and to let the world know that Jesus is alive. And Jesus is alive in the 21st century and he's alive in you. And you don't have to force anybody. You don't have to judge anybody. All you have to tell them is what he has done for you. And when you have done that, God does the rest. God takes us. He takes the little that we give, and he does great things. That is the work of the Spirit. And he's asking us today, are we truly ready to go on this journey that he has invited us to? Because when I heard the report from Sam last week, from that survey about the VBS, and when I heard Everybody wants it to happen. 
Everybody knows when it should, but when it comes to doing the work, when I hear just a small percentage would say that I would be willing, I had to go to God. I had to go to Jesus. And I had to say, Lord, help us. Help us because we need something great from you in order for us to understand the mission we are called to. Because that mission is not just our work. It is the work of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to let y'all go because the Spirit is wrapping me up right now. Because he's saying, some of them are saying, oh, she's going on too long. Oh, she's this and she's that. So I said, okay, Lord, I'm hearing you in my spirit. So we're going to wrap it up today. Because there's another day, hopefully, hopefully for us, another day. So let us pray as we close this thing out in the spirit. Gracious God, thank you. Thank you for your people. Thank you for your presence, God. Thank you for your message, oh God, to us as the church. God, we, we know you know we are not perfect, God, but oh God, you have done something in us, God. And there is fire within us, God, that needs to come out. So God, where the fire is kind of waning, God, ignite that fire, God, so that we can come for your purpose, oh God, and we can glorify you so that when we get to the heavenly realm, oh God, we can hear you saying, well done, good and faithful servant, well done. God, we thank you that you love us right where we are, but you don't want us to stay there. You want us to move on and go forward. So we thank you for this day, and we thank you for the church, and we thank you for the church universal, and we thank you for all your people, God, who are proclaiming the name of Jesus, but not in their understanding, in your truth, God. And let your spirit, oh God, continue what you have begun today in us, God. And let us go forward so others may see the Christ in us, the hope of glory, God, and others may be saved. And God, to all those things, we give you thanks. And we give you praise and we give you honor and we give you glory. And the people of God say together, amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Give God some praise in your midst. Give God some praise. Hallelujah.